Welcome to the SBS Tour de France podcast sponsored by Zwift. It was famously used by Matt Heyman to prepare for his victory at Paris-Roubaix. You can use it too for your own goals. Visit Zwift.com to learn how to join the digital peloton today. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Uh, welcome to the Zwift Tour de France podcast for this episode number three. We are in Liège in Belgium, coming from Dusseldorf. Uh, before we start, I'd like to uh, just remind you that you can always keep in touch with us with the hashtag SBSTDF or, of course, contact us via the Twitter handle at Cycling Central. My guest today, because we liked you so much the first time, Dave McKenzie. Hey. Hey. I am happy to be back, may I say. Don't say that too much, because uh, maybe that's going to cost me a bit more in Chimes and uh, Schnitzel, yeah? Yeah, definitely, definitely. When we are in Belgium, so I tell you what, you may owe me a few beers. What do you make of the stage today? Uh, we always said it was going to be a, a bunch finish. Kittel is a worthy winner. He's absolutely a worthy winner. And, yeah, I'm really happy for him and, and the fact that he's German as well, because obviously the start in Dusseldorf, I think for the German cyclists here and, and obviously the big stars, they've been yearning for the race to go back to Germany and they've deserved it because, you know, we know for quite a, quite a few years uh, ASO and the Tour left left Germany. Uh, German TV left the Tour de France because of obviously all of the the doping sagas that went on um, and so that was a real shame for the current generation you know that that was none of their wrongdoing so it was great for Kittle to win today and you know I think after yesterday's uh, individual time trial he was the pick you know what let's listen at uh, Marcel Kittel it was a very special one and I'm super happy super proud that I could win today here after we had the Grand Depart in Germany uh, it means a lot to me to to also get this uh, first German victory in this tour for the German fans, uh, they were fantastic in the in the last two days, and yeah, I'm just really, really, really proud. Very proud indeed. I mean, he has to be proud of this. Oh, absolutely. And um, you know, he uh, the emotion that he showed at the end of the stage, and uh, our produ my producer was um, she texted me because I was on the finish line, but I was chasing other riders. You never chase the winner because you don't get them until after the podium. And uh, she said, he's broken down. He, he's, he's so emotional. And uh, I asked him about that. And, um, you know, yeah, that, that was the words that came out, wasn't it? He's just, uh, he's won before. So it's not new to him winning at the Tour de France, but everyone's special. The fact that they started from Germany and then uh, finishing here, do you, do you think that adds some sort of uh, specialness for him? Like he's carrying on the, the German party for, for the whole of Germany? Yeah, yeah. And that's right. When I interviewed him, I asked him about what was it like the first two thirds of the race because that was all of that was in Germany still. And he said, you know, he said, I feel like we're doing something so good for, for German cycling. And, and he talked about the fact that, you know, some cool heads at Dusseldorf got together with ASO and ASO got together with them. And then he said for us, the riders, to, to put on a show for the, for the fans. So, yeah, really proud. And, um, you know, German TV is back now and, and they're covering it and, and they're loving it. So I think, look, it's, it's all good for the sport as well. So I think of it on a, on a global sense. I, I love to see our sport grow bigger and bigger and bigger and, and uh, you know, be, uh, be more of the, the pie to share around for all of us, you know, and, and that's what's important. Another rider that uh, really uh, marked this stage was uh, Taylor Finney. Uh, I mean, he was in the lead for quite a while. 
I mean, we saw it that he, he was really touch and go until uh, until not the very last kilometers, but touch and go for for a long while. Did you believe he could do it? Gee, at one stage I did. With about six kilometers to go, you couldn't pick it. It was a you know, it was a toss of the coin. I mean. We thought they were going to get caught, but it was the crash then that gave them that opportunity, the crash in the peloton I'm talking about. That's suddenly what gave them an opportunity because they were down to 25 seconds, I think, at that stage. Suddenly they blew back out to 50 seconds. Of course, Chris Froome was caught up in that. So in the end, yeah, they got caught, but no, great rider. Great to see Taylor Finney here and back after his nasty injury a couple of years ago. And I've asked him the question about uh, his dad winning this stage uh, coming from Germany. He said he didn't think about this. I think he's not completely right. He, he, he must have thought about this. He knows what his dad has achieved. He's lying. <laughs> I mean, you've got to say this. He's lying. <laughs> In a nice way, I say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but his parents were there at the start today. And, uh, you know, Davis Finney was a hero of mine as a young kid. You know, all the, the Anglo-English uh, speakers that were that first rode the Tour de France. And, obviously, and of course, he rode for um, 7-Eleven. Won two stages. So he was a superstar, Davis Finney. And so I think that they urged him along a bit today in, in his mind somewhere let's have a listen to uh, Taylor Finney yeah it feels pretty sweet to be honest I was not expecting this at all I'm a little bit curious as to whether or not we brought some polka dot shorts with us for I tomorrow um, <laughs> with that said if it rains and I'm wearing white polka dot shorts I feel like that's maybe going to be not great for my, my image this image that I'm cultivating so carefully But uh, no, I, I'm super grateful. This was the plan actually this morning was to try to go out and, uh, and get this jersey and to have a plan work out on the first day of a race is, is great for the team because it gets everybody kind of behind the, the general flow of things and, and we, we start off on a good note. So I'm happy to, uh, it's my first year with this team and I'm happy to be able to be that guy that can kind of, you know, remix to ignition as r kelly would say yeah the whole day felt like a, a dream to be honest It's way more people on the side of the road than i've ever really experienced except for at the london olympics uh, and yeah knowing that i was going to potentially put on this jersey was even kind of blowing my mind while i was out there but i was really focused on it i wanted to make it happen and so as it all unfolded it just kind of kept getting even more ridiculous And uh, we really started believing in the last 10K. Um, Johan Ofredo is a guy who I've raced with for a while, and we've always been friendly with each other. But when we crossed the line, I, I uh, you know, I, I grabbed him, and I was like, dude, we're friends for life now, man. Like, we just went through that together. So Telefini here. So he's, he's really proud. He says he's very happy. He talks about this polka dot jersey. Uh, they had a plan from the beginning. They wanted to grab it. And then at the end, they did. They did, I know. I don't think any of us expected that. And, uh, yeah, he... he uh, you, you kind of overlook the Paul Cato journey on a flat journey like this, on the flag stage. You sort of, I mean, even us journalists, we don't necessarily think about it. That's right, that's right. So it was a smart move by Cannondale. You know, that that's... Uh, and I think it was his director, Charlie Wigalius, who had a chat to him, obviously, um, uh, the night before and said, hey, let's, let's do this. What do you think? So... Uh, No, it is. Again, it's just good to see Taylor back. I think he's, he's got a huge uh, future ahead of him if he wants that. Um, let's hope so, because I think he can do some big things. He's quite chilled out in the interviews as well. It's a different sort of vibe, I think. 
Yeah, don't worry. I'm uh, I'm wondering what was in his bin <laughs> post post race. That is talking beer. We're talking yeah, no, yeah. nothing else. Yeah, nothing else. No, no, no. He was very. Don't worry. And by the way, he was very chill towards me as well, and the guy before me who interviewed him. So, uh, and it's been a, a couple of years since I've uh, spoken to Taylor. So, no, he was he was relaxed. He was chilled, and. Um, you know, it'd be nice to see him keep that jersey for a couple of days. Absolutely. Somebody that wasn't chilled uh, is a yellow jersey. Because uh, I've asked him uh, uh, about, about uh, the sort of questions I've been asked by uh, some certain teams, I think namely one team. Uh, they questioned the, the, the suit they were wearing yesterday for the time trial. Uh, and let's have a listen, because it's an interesting moment that happened. There's been a couple of uh, questions about what you guys were wearing, wearing yesterday, or the teams have complained. Do you... Have any answer for this? No, it's fine. UCI said so it's no problem. Yeah. So we can see here, Garen Thomas didn't want to answer or was basically asked not to answer uh, my question about this jersey because the press officer, what you heard is the press officer saying all very politically correct. What do you make of this? Is, is there something in it? Because the UCI, that's what we just heard. UCI just came out statement saying it's fine. But is it? You know, we always say there's no smoke without fire. Yeah, there is. There's something in this, and what I mean by that, not not the suit. Forget about that. Although that was a little bit of a story, they've got their wall up. They've put their wall up, you know. And uh, I was at the press conference. I think as you were before the tour started, the Team Sky press conference, and already they were getting the tough questions about why should they be believed that they're clean, you know. And uh, I don't like to talk about it anymore. I think we've got a really clean sport and I think we've got a great bunch of cyclists in the peloton. But here we're not talking doping, we're talking a suit. No, do, no. do you think we are picking, or people are picking too much on them? They're, yes, yes, and that's what they're feeling. They've got their wall up and you know, it's a fine line between are they getting a little bit too precious? You know, because once you, once you start putting your wall up against all of the reporters or all of the journalists, gee, they can, they, they'll gang up on you and they'll gang up on you in a nasty way. And I'd hate to see that happen because I, I, I really like Garrett Thomas. I think he speaks well and he's a, he's a great athlete. And I like all of the riders on that squad. In fact, Chris Froome is a, a gentleman off the bike and, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a competitor on the bike and that's what we love to see. So let's just hope there's some middle ground here because I, I think it's important for Team Sky as well as the reporters to, to find that middle ground. I'll tell you what, I was uh, probably the designated uh, question asker in this <laughs> because the French guys next to me, they don't really speak English, uh, but they were on fire after that because they just didn't accept the fact that he didn't, he wasn't even allowed to say, I don't know. He was shut down by his press officer. And that is something we might see a bit more in the, in the days to come because those guys, those French journalists, I'm not saying you're not doing a great job, but they, they're not shy of asking the very tough questions. And you know what? I've also heard that they have blacklisted a couple of media outlets already here at the Tour de France. They will not speak to certain media outlets. And... Uh, yeah, watch this space. Watch this space because it's only going to bubble away, isn't it? We've got three weeks of this. Don't we love it? <laughs> I love it. I hope you didn't see my mic. <laughs> I hope not. What's on that? You've got SBS on it too. I'll just let him know. Listen, on TV, that's radio. I do not know the French. French is French. It's crazy. I, that, actually, that's perfect. That's exactly what I'll say. <laughs> okay, we'll take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk to Phil Leggett. You're listening to the Zwift to the Front podcast. We'll come back in a sec. Zwift is an indoor cycling platform where you can connect with a global community of cyclists at any time. You can chat with people all over the world, share in group rides, get encouragement from total strangers, ride on, who quickly become 
your new riding buddies and train harder and faster with competition on a global scale. Check out Zwift for yourself at Zwift.com today. Welcome back to the uh, Zwift to the Front podcast. I said before the, uh, the ad, uh, we have a, a nice chat. We had a nice chat with a, a voice we don't necessarily hear that much more on Australian TV. Uh, it's Phil Leggett, but he was with you actually, Dave. Uh, Phil was with you, uh, or he was with Tomo just before the show. He was, and uh, look, it's great to still have Phil on our coverage. I think it's fantastic, and it's important. He, he is just one of the legends of this sport, and for English speakers, and um, nah, he's a gentleman. There you go, Phil Leggett. Always a pleasure to talk to uh, Phil Leggett. How are you? Very well. Great day of racing. What do you uh, make of this Tour de France so far? Well, only two days in, but incredibly interesting. I mean, the favourites have been in trouble. I'm very sad we've lost Alejandro Valverde. A very unfortunate crash, but other guys got hurt there too. And Luke Derbage, who's finished all his three previous tours, he's gone as well. Today we see how fragile riders can be. That crash 30 kilometres out from the finish. Uh, could have been very much more serious than it was as it was, the roads were wet riders slid, a little bit of skin but no broken bones and a bit of a shock for Chris Froome and uh, I believe also the yellow jersey Geraint Thomas was involved in the crash too didn't see that one uh, the sprint was a sprint royale the best sprinters in the world all clashed and I think the best sprinter just now is Marcel Kittel uh, but I was pleased to see the progress of Mark Cavendish. He's only had five days of racing, not including his two days in the Tour, uh, because of his mononucleosis, and he finishes right up there. So I'm hoping he can convert his placings into a win in the next couple of days. Tomorrow, there's a big kick at the finish. Anyone else than Sagan can win this? It, there is a big kick, and I think that might save the day for Geraint Thomas, because if Kittel were to win tomorrow, his small bonus for the victory would give him the yellow jersey. Uh, now, it's uh, you know, there is a possibility that Chris Froome could be up there tomorrow, and if he is, he could be looking to lead this race all the way from day three to the finish in Paris. Uh, he's done a long, long lead before. He's led the race for 10 days in the past, but this is a long way out to take the lead. I've got a feeling that Geraint might keep his race lead tomorrow. Um, I don't think it's the type of stage, but that is a nasty finish in Longwy, and I, I know Marcel Kittel won't be there tomorrow. Thank you, Phil. Pleasure, thank you. So that was Phil Liggett. We just take a short break, and when we come back with uh, Dave, we are just uh, debriefing what's going to happen tomorrow. Zwift is an indoor cycling platform where you can connect with a global community of cyclists at any time. You can chat with people all over the world, share in group rides, get encouragement from total strangers right on, who quickly become your new riding buddies and train harder and faster with competition on a global scale. Check out Zwift for yourself at Zwift.com today. Welcome back to the uh, Zwift to the France podcast. Uh, I'm still here with uh, Dave McKenzie. We are. We're, we're nice and chilled, aren't we? We're in, we're in Belgium. We're in Liège. I mean, I'm looking forward to my first Belgian beer. I know, I know, I know. Like, we've been talking about it for days. I know, and, and you know, we're still on the job, and I'm just like, oh, I'm gagging at it. I'm just like, where's the nearest pub? Get me to a Chimay bar. Do you know what? It's not far. <laughs> I saw some Chimay blue being served over there. I think we'll be doing good. Let's have a look at what's happening tonight uh, on SBS. We have a, quite a nice stage with a, with a nice parkour. We're going to Longwy. We are. Look, this is going to be a, uh, another interesting stage. It's got a nice little kick at the finish, so... 
count out those pure sprinters and enter the guys like Peter Sagan, maybe Michael Matthews, and I'm sure there'll be two or three others. I would have said Alejandro Valverde. Unfortunately, he's out, but there'll be a few more guys uh, in the mix. Uh, if we look at the whole uh, the whole route, there's a couple of you know, nice little kicks as well. There's uh, two category, three category fours, and uh, two category threes. Uh, do you think some selections can be made on on this little um, little hit or not? Probably not, but probably the main thing, I think the, the key thing about these stages, we sit back in our lounges and, and you people back home, you know, rugged up, watching it and thinking, oh, yeah, it's not too much will happen today. It'll be just be a day for the sprinters or the guys like Sagan. These are tough stages, sitting in the peloton when they're just lumpy. There's only, like you said, a few categorised climbs and they're low categories, but they are solid days in the saddle. There's not a, f- a lot of flat roads around this area. You know, there's not mountains, there's not big mountains, and there's not even 10-kilometre climbs. But they're dead roads, they're tough. It's not hot, the weather's not warm. It's, it's you know, it's not too much warmer than Australian winter at the moment here. So they're tough stages for the riders. And, uh, and uh, you know, and, and even for guys like the GC riders, they've just got to be careful to stay out of trouble as well. I mean, we, when we look at the percentage of that kick at the end, the, there's, there's one that is it's a short one, 286 metres, but we're talking 11%. 11% is pretty, pretty stiff. It is, it is. And look, and the other sections there are 8, 6 and 4. So it's definitely not a stage for the pure sprinters. So count out Nasser Bahuhani, count out uh, Anu Damar, uh, all those guys that are perfect on the flat finishes. No chance. Peter Sagan, this is perfect for him. I think Michael Matthews, I just wonder how hard this final climb will be, uh, whether or not he can get there. It's certainly a stage that he will have earmarked to, um, potentially for a stage win, though. Any other Aussies do you think can actually uh, create a surprise here? Oh, look, maybe. It's, it's hard to tell um, when, you, when you look through the list. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I think someone like Simon Clark. A day like this, he could he could go well, but he's not going to do it coming from the pack. He needs to be in an opportunist move. So certainly someone like him, he could get up the road. And there's probably a few other Aussies, I think, that are similar uh, to that. You know, I would have said Luke Durbridge and, and Matthew Heyman fall into that category as well, but they might have their work cut out for, for Esteban Chavez and, and Simon Yates. You know, they'll be... I'd imagine they'll be protecting them to the base of that final little hill. And big thing, because we are actually going to make it to France at last, I was going to say, because we've, we haven't been to France yet. Uh, that's a Frenchman talking, you know. Uh, <laughs> I've, been, I've been waiting to be to France. Well, I was going to say, oh, poor you, poor you. <laughs> I know, I know. All the listeners are going, he's there on the job. And then, uh, yes, I've been thinking I'm going to France and I'm still not in France. So we're going to France tonight. Oh, no, it's actually, you know what, I, lo- I love France. And I think I was saying to you a few days ago, I, I spent a year living in Toulouse when I was racing and I didn't really like it that much I didn't not like France I didn't like to lose so much and it took me a lot to warm to France but working on the Tour de France I've fallen in love with this country and I think I am even though I am here working I'm certainly not here as a cyclist and it's that uh, you know you just fall in love with the culture even more so your top pick for tonight has to be Sagan yeah yeah, I think so. I think so. He's he's ripe for it, and uh, this is where he probably launches his his green jersey bid and a what unprecedented sixth. That would be amazing. You know what? He's in his sixth Tour de France, so you know what that means the first time he rode the Tour de France, he won the green jersey. He is phenomenal. That is his jersey. That is his colour, really. It is. It is. We expect him to win it, don't we? And the question mark is, I think the bigger question about this is, is there anyone else out there 
will we find out on tonight's stage who else can challenge him for the green? Can anyone do it? Or is it going to be a foregone conclusion already by stage three? Okay, well, you have to tune in uh, tonight on SBS. Uh, the whole stage will be on the SBS Tour Tracker. That's amazing as well. That this year, every stage, that's, that's, that's a cycling nerd dream. Uh, and you know what I love about it? I've just found out there's push notifications. So if you fall asleep, people, you know, and I know you will at 1.30 in the morning, you'll get, a, you'll get an alert that they're about to hit the top of the climb or you'll get an alert that it's one kilometre to go. So it'll wake you up. So even better. Absolutely. But don't fall asleep, really. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, we don't fall asleep over here, do we? Exactly. Thanks, Dave. It was uh, always a pleasure to have you in the pod, and I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll speak again uh, during this uh, just under 20 days. We will, no doubt, whether on mic or off mic, we'll be doing a lot of talking. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. And you know what? We somehow stay dry here today. How good's that? Uh, yeah, pretty amazing when we saw the rain on the road and etc. Uh, I don't know, it's a microclimate uh, above Liège. Who would have uh, thought? Who would have thought? But I could tell you, more importantly, I've got on my Google Maps and uh, I've found where all the nearest bars are, okay? I think it's your shout. I think that's my payment for this, uh, or your payment, I should say, for uh, this podcast. So I'll, I'll lead the way. Let's go. Cheers. Bye. And this is it for us now uh, from Liège. A few housekeeping reminding you that uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at Cycling Central. You can follow our sponsors as well, uh, Zwift, uh, with GoZwift on Twitter. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or listen to us on SoundCloud, of course. But if you are listening to us, I guess uh, you find a way to, uh, to listen to us. And don't uh, hesitate to share all this with your friends and your colleagues and so on and so on. Because the more, the merrier, like we always say. Next episode will be in Langui via Luxembourg. But this is it for now. Goodbye and see you tomorrow. Au revoir. Thanks to Zwift for sponsoring the SBS Tour de France podcast. And every day throughout this year's race, you can join your own SBS Peloton by doing one of the group rides on Zwift. Check it out today by visiting Zwift.com to learn more.